Welcome to True House Stories. I am Lenny Fontana coming out of New York City. Each and every week I scour the earth looking for the best or pull the best out to come back and tell us about their stories. And this man has been current for decades. <laughs> current for decades. And I mean this one of the greatest organizers I know in the game of dance music. Coming from the soul scene, from R&B all the way through and bringing house to the masses. Okay? I would like to welcome to True House Stories Mr. Alex Lowe's from the UK. He's right now currently stuck in the United Kingdom in a good way. Normally he's in Australia, but we <laughs> found him in the United Kingdom. Welcome, Mr. Alex. How are you, mate? How's everything? Good, How are you doing? Hello, everybody. Everybody listening. Nice to meet you. Everybody. <laughs> They're all coming in with their glasses of wine because it's that time of day. <laughs> glasses of wine or beer. dinner. Anyway, how, okay, before we even start the first question, I always ask everybody how they've been making out with COVID and everything, how you've been hang, hanging on and doing, you know, because everybody's been quiet for last year. Do you know what, Lenny? I've spent a lot of time keeping fit, not quite drinking as much, and uh, uh, getting out in the garden and doing lots of nice things like that. And do you know what? It's been tough for everybody, but you always got to remember that it's, it's some people feeling it real tougher than you are, you know? It's just been a hard year for everybody, but... I'm just, you know, digging in deep, keep keep looking after myself, and uh, you got to a man of my age. First of ways, first of ways. Anyway, I'm glad you're doing fine, and even though, you know, we've been blessed to create this show, which we started last year, and it's been a forum for people like yourself to tell us the inside track of how things happened. So... Let's get right into it. Super easy. We'll make this super relaxed. Normally, I would say that you get your drink, but we're not. He's not drinking, so he's actually going. Well, I might be. He's going to be clear in a minute. We'll see in a second. We'll see. He may have to pour a drink. Anyway, <laughs> dear Alex Lowe's, the first question I ask everyone, from Dave Morales to Louis Vague, everybody, the same question: How does music find you at a young age? You know, or how did you find the oh. music? Well, you know, it, it's a strange thing. Um, when I left school, I mean, my mum and dad moved down to a little place near Manchester called Bolton. And um, I became a lot of school friends down there into all this Northern Soul music. I'd never heard of it before, but I, I really grabbed onto it, you know. And uh, there are still a lot of the friends I met back then are still going currently now. And um, here's an example when I was. 13-year-old, in 1970, uh -huh. I bought my first copy of Blues and Soul magazine. There you go. 51-year-old, that, that magazine, and I've still kept saving them ever since. I've got a few gaps there that need filling. That's the ones where the dog ate it, you know, and he's getting through the letterbox in the old days. <laughs> what was saying about going to school would tell the teacher, I didn't have my homework, the dog ate it. That didn't last. Yeah, not the one, yeah. <laughs> Wow. So that, that, that was my initial story, soul music. And yeah, became a fanatic and then lived with me ever since, really. Yeah. Never left you, did it? No, never. No. Did you go to those um those weekenders in the Northern Soul Movement? Were you before you were Well, you... there was clubs called Wigan Casino. In Bolton there was a club called Avava. My favorite club was Blackpool Mecca. The reason I like Blackpool Mecca, Lenny, was because although it was a Northern Soul sort of um, venue, 
And there's a guy called Colin Curtis who still does a lot of work with Giles Peterson and everybody. And, uh, yeah, he pioneered what we called New York disco music at the time. New York Art Authority and, uh, you know, it's like real salsa classics and nuggets and, uh, you know, so th that was mixed in with a, lot, with a lot of good and then became like jazz funk and it was just a real musical place, uh, Blackpool Mecca. That was one of my favourite places. In the end, he used to take buses down there quite regularly from the northeast of England where I'm from, Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, wow, you're up from Newcastle area, okay. I'm from Newcastle, yeah. Okay. I, I sometimes live in London. But at the moment, I'm in Newcastle, back in my hometown. It's been good for me doing this thing, you know? Yeah, I bet. I bet. It's actually nice. I, this whole thing has grounded everyone. Unfortunately yeah. and fortunately, I've heard stories where people said, I needed this to kind of reconnect with family. Yeah. Or I needed to just stop and just look at everything and resuss out my life. I've heard this from different interviews. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I just, I just want to get working again. But I'm very confident. I think it's not far off now, Lenny. You know, we're we're over the hill <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> if I remember correctly, did you DJ? Oh yes, yeah. I used to DJ. Yeah. Tell us about that because I know there's a there's a you know uh, a bridge from before you become this big promoter. You got to tell us that story. How this well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, Lenny, the, the easy answer to that was when I moved back from Greater Manchester, as I call it now, back into Durham, my hometown, um, I, I, was so, I was so enthusiastic about soul music and everything, but there was no way for me to hear it. So I managed to get this little pub in a back room and, you know, start gathering a few mates and playing records. And and, and the only way to do it was if I DJed myself. I was I couldn't mix mine. I mean, that, once that mixing thing became popular, I had to pack it in because I just couldn't do it, you know? But <laughs> like, well, I like my music, but I just can't mix. So I'm going to be honest with you there. That's okay. That's but, okay. You know, I, I, I also, you know, I worked at a club called Matt Mellon's on a Sunday night. And that, like, we used to get over a 1,000 people every Sunday, you know? It was a real mix of jazz, funk, house music. It was like in, uh, it was 1987, you know, when house music started, 86, 87, 88. And from Matt Mellon's, because it was such a powerful club, and we had people coming from Leeds and Manchester, London. We had guest DJs and Will Downing down there singing and, you know, people like that, you know. And, and it, it was just a legendary club on a Sunday night. And uh, after that, you know, we, we did some bigger gigs, you know. Um, Promoted uh, things like Maze, Bill Withers, I put on it in a concert tour, and uh, then the Weekenders came from that, you know, from 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 that from that club, Matt Mellon's. But uh, after, you know, once I got really busy, hang on. So, yeah. the Weekenders was that something you came up with, or that was already happening in England? No, no there was Weekenders happening in the UK. Uh, there was a Weekender called K-Step. I happened. DJ there a few times. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and then a friend of mine, Nikki Holloway at the time, worked for Special Brain on Nikki. Nikki's very good. I've got a chance of this holiday park up in the north of England. Well, it was Berwick on the Scottish borders. And he says, Do you want to do something up north? And I said, Yeah, go on. Then. And it all started from there, really, Lenny. So I, we, we did this thing. It was originally dedicated to the north of England, it just exploded become a worldwide event, you know? Gotcha. Because, yeah, Nikki Holloway mentioned in his interview as well, in the beginning, yeah. 
how he, how he was one of the first to actually book some of the house DJs for some of those events. Oh, no, I think he was legendary. He did some great parties, you know, really good parties. So explain now the DJ. I'm going to, I'm going to give you kudos. Okay. When we say DJ, because David Mancuso, the loft never mixed. He played one record. <laughs> I know that, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say you the same way. You play one record to another and you had a good time. Did you become known as that DJ that you were able to start pulling the crowd because Alex Lowe's was playing at a spot? I, I used to get guest spots all over, Leeds, Manchester, Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Not in the same wages as all you guys nowadays, mate. But, you know. <laughs> but that's, that's what DJing was about in the beginning. It oh, was yeah, yeah. selection, or it was always selection. If you you could you could be terrible at the transitions. If your yeah. selection is is killer, you're the man. You know that. Like, a couple, couple of bacon sandwiches and a couple of pints of beer. I think it was your payment. Clear day. everything out. It clear it clears all the mind. Everybody's happy. No problem, right? That's right. So so you got Nikki around you. You're doing stuff, and as well, so. When do you venture out to become the party promoter, say, and start in? Yeah, well, I mean, really, in 1987, October, was the first weekend there. And that was in Scotland. And then I got a chance to do a more popular area near Manchester called Blackpool. We did three events there, and one at a place called Morecambe, again, Great Manchester. And it just grew and grew, Lenny, and um, we, we ended up at Southport. Uh, and we stayed there for a lot of years, hence the name Southport Weekend is stuck, you know, until we moved on to a, a real posh site called Butlands, of which we're going to be coming back after an absence of six years next oh, March. Wow. wow. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, I bet. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> yeah, well, the first one was the 20th of March. So we'll well, tell us about the first, okay, so this first Southport, because for some people, let's let's remember. A lot of people that go to your weekenders are not even as old as when you did the first one. Think about that for a minute. No, I bloody weren't born, Lenny, I guess. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. What did it take for you to scratch this together? Like, what was involved with getting it to happen? I'll tell you what it is, Lenny. I was always a great believer in mixing the music. But much as house music is a huge, huge part of what we do. And you got different forms of house music now. In the original, it was just tracks, records, house music, wasn't it? You know? Yes, back in the beginning. Yes. You know, that was that was basically house music. You know, if you got a tracks record, it's house music, you know? But um now you got soulful house, deep house, it's like all sorts of house. But it's but no, I always believed in covering from the soul side of things, the disco side of things, the jazz, the funk side of things. And I always believe in I like to run events where you've got three, four stages or three, four rooms five rooms, six rooms, and try and cater for as much music as we can. And I think that's where the Southport Weekender became a little bit different to the other weekenders. The other weekenders were probably more specialist in jazz funk at the time than house, but we really branched out with people. You know, we'd mix it up in one room. You'd have Paul Oakenfold, who was playing hip-hop at the time, or you'd have Giles Peterson, you know, or Quest Love or, or whatever, you know. It's just it's all about the music for me and catering for people and and and. and Giving everybody a real musical experience. And that's what Southport's all about, really. You, know? you as a promoter, have you ever told a DJ what you expected from them? No, no. I, a DJ is, you know, once a DJ is on that stage, I believe he's, it's, it's, his, it's his stage, you know? And I think, you know, you, 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 
you can't employ somebody and then start saying do this, do that, you know? I mean, yeah. I'd like, you know, we take a lot of time curating stuff and trying to make sure the flow's right and all that. And we spend hours doing this, Lenny, you know? That's hours? Yeah, whenever you put a program together, days, you know? Yeah. I bet you weeks with, with starting, you know. Oh, we when you're programming it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about programming six stages of, of music. At least, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like six what I mean, you know, most people don't understand what that is, what that kind of, you know, putting it all together and making sure everything flows because you, you have to deliver, especially when you're charging a good wage to get in. Yeah, that's right. You have to deliver. I mean, what's your motto? Because I know you look around you and I know you see what everybody else is doing. What made Southport Weekend, or, or should I say an Alex Lowe's event? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> like, like, here we go. Ready? I'm pointing at you. An Alex Lowe's event, more important or more special than the other ones around. Because we all talked about how great Southport is. Every DJ I speak to says the same thing. God, I would love to play for Southport. You know what? It's, it's a combination of things, Lenny. It's about quality, first and foremost. It's about the people. Um, it's about value for money. Um, you know, people like you say, you know, we, we, you know, you pay good money for something, and they deserve to get the best that we can possibly give. I'd like to hope over the forty odd years I've been promoting that, that we've managed to do that along the line. You know, um, and still we'll keep doing it. But I really, really believe in value for money and quality. You know, and just, you know, just trying to mix it up a bit and variation and. You know, tweaking it here and there, you know, without going too banging, you know, and jumping on the latest craze, but you still got to put stuff in there. And right. Just, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, you you got to embrace stuff, you know, but, you, you, you know, don't don't let it take over. Just that's, tweak it. That's a good point. Now, here's a question. Do you believe in the fad changes when other musics come in and trying to implement them or staying on the track that has made you who you are? I think you should always keep an open mind, lady, to music because music's a personal thing. You know, it's not. It's not what I. You know, and I think you just got to remember. You know, just you might not like a track, and I might not like a track, but other people do. You know, and that's what's the beauty of music, isn't it? It's a personal thing, and we just got to get out there and try and from our side of music. I mean, we've got to create the best we can. You know. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, people don't understand. They think they go there, it just happens, it's magic. It's just like all of a sudden everybody's like, yeah, it's great. What kind it's of planning process? It's all, it, you know what it is? Once you get to a big event, Lenny, it's like a, once that wheels start turning, like a big ship, you can't stop it. It takes a while to stop. Once that ship starts sailing, it's a very hard job to stop it, you know, and it's, you just have to keep, you hope it keeps on track throughout that event, you know? Well, let's do it like this. Okay, so okay. here we go. If it was if a Titanic, you had the guy at night looking at the big, the big iceberg coming, okay? And he starts. Oh, we're we're the Titanic, yes. <laughs> and he's trying to turn the boat. That's what yeah. it's like, right? When you're in the middle of this, basically. He's just going to hope that iceberg doesn't come. <laughs> it has done on a few events. Thankfully, not too many. Can you tell us how some of the events have went where you've had like serious issues, things that happened, you know, as a promoter. And now I'm talking about DJs, just things that maybe you didn't plan or, you know, weather changing. Was there any events that were basically flooded out, you know, because we know. Um, I remember one, one of the weekenders is 
And we had that volcano blow up on the, on the Thursday in Iceland and everybody's coming from the States. And then everybody managed to get in for the weekend and it started again on the Monday. So I think we're a little bit lucky there. Oh, we've had electric cuts as well, power cuts. We managed to blow a local power station up once. <laughs> it's like, oh, but you just get... I tell you what, I've, all, I've always had a lot of good people around me, yeah, Lenny, working with me. You know, Dave Gardner, bless his soul, who's no longer with us. You know, he was with me for the best part of 25 years. I've got Nick Connolly now, who, he's, he's brilliant. Hold on a second, brother. Just turn your camera a little bit because you're like... Oh. And now people going, I can't see yeah. his handsome face. <laughs> there we go. Oh. There you go. Okay. So, so, Nick yeah. Connolly. Yes, you've had Nick Connolly. Yeah, Dave Connolly has long passed away, sadly, a few years ago. Yeah, people like John Gregory who runs a team. Colin Williams does some excellent photography for us, of course. Like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> um, Siobhan, Stevie. Yeah, I've got like a, you know, the security teams have always been brilliant. And, you know, everybody chips in. I think everybody likes to wear that badge and helps out. And I think, you know, if you love that badge, like a football team, and that's important, you know. It's a, it's a team thing, you know. It's not all about me. It's about it's about the people around us, you know. And, that, and that, that's yeah, important. You know, now, now this brings me to another point. I remember when I heard maybe 10, I don't know how long ago this was, that you were going to retire the South. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to make you laugh, but... There was a moment I heard you mention it, or, or I thought I read this a while back. No, no, we, 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 did, we did stop the weekenders. And it was, I wasn't going to retire because what we did was start doing Croatia Sunsea Beat. The weekenders, you know, it just sort of ran its course for a while. But we realized after a number of years and a lot of requests, and an opportunity came along to do it again. Sadly, it was going to be 2020. It's sold out in no time, and now it's going to be 2022. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, but we've never actually stopped doing gigs. We just felt the weekend and needed a rest. And the response to the one in 2022 has been phenomenal, you know. It's been really amazing. And I mean, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but you know, it's, it's that's in Bognor Regis on the south coast of England in a beautiful site called Butlands. It really is. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a six-year break, and I think we're all looking forward to it and, you know, embracing the next generation of music, next generation of people, as well as, you know, the stalwarts like ourselves, you know. What makes you say to yourself, we have to, we have to pause it? What was the factor for you, you know? Well, just, a, just a gut feeling, you know, and I just... Just I don't know. It just you go by your gut with these things, Lenny. Sometimes you just got to use your instinct. You know, it's not always easy. So yeah, just I don't know. But anyway, that pause has been a little loose again, so we're back on it. And like I say, we never stop doing events. Oh know? no, we know that. No, we never thought you. We know you never stop because Sunsea Beat. That's the next question I was going to have: is how did Sunsea Beat? What was the mindset? Because there was nobody out in Croatia before. You right. Okay. Okay. So what made this all of a sudden transpire? Who well, my, my production manager, Jerry Calderhead, he did all the production for Southport. Sadly, again, passed away a few years ago. Oh, but he, he, he was in partnership with some friends of ours in Croatia. We were running a little festival called the Garden Festival. A little bit, a lot different to us, but, you know, I sort of fancied it games. And they said, do you want to come over to Croatia? Went over to Chris, I had a look at it, it was just beautiful. I thought, yeah, let's do this, you know. And it's it's, it's been a great event, you know. And 10 weeks today, Sunsea Beats on again. So 
I'm feeling confident, you know. You should. So and that's why this is here. Right way, so that's right. We'll get it on somehow. Hopefully. Yeah. You'll get you, 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 safe, you know. You're going to have dinner with the prime minister to explain to him the situation that you need this to go forward? Boris, he's, he's on the phone. I'll get him on the phone now. <laughs> Good old Boris. He'll, he'll get us out of it. Okay, so so how do you deal with with running an operation like this and COVID hits you? This is, you know, like all of us, we went into pause mode. What, you know, did you have things lined up? And oh. to go stop, like, you know, explain that, what that was like. Lenny, we had the best part of 6,000 people coming to Bognor Regis on the 20th of March, 2020, the first weekend of the lockdown, six days before. There was a huge race called the Cheltenham Festival that was on. There was a big football match in Liverpool just seven days before, and that was full house, 50,000. And with three days to go, when all the trucks are loaded, all the flights are booked, every single thing sorted out, we had to cancel it. It was the worst nightmare I've ever had in my life. Because also, people knew what was going on with coronavirus and what was going on, but of course we were fully contracted up and everything was like, we couldn't get out of it, you know? Nobody knew what this thing was or the devastation it was going to cause, you know? Everybody sort of saw it in Europe, but in the UK it was only just starting then. And, uh, it's not something I want to talk about, but you know what? There's a lot worse things in life. we just got to, you know, main things people say, but that's, you know... But I'll tell you, I think what threw all of you off because America kept saying, well, not, not all the Americans, but from the high house kept saying it's a hoax. It's not happening. Uh, it's not real. And I don't want to say the man's name, but everybody knows who this was. And usually England follows America. If America is not really taking it seriously, I know you guys are pretty much the same way. They're like, that ain't happening yet. Like you don't see it around you, you know? I look at it into politics. It's not my thing, but it's um. I just think nobody knew what it was. I don't think anybody expected the devastation that we we're going to get. It, if anybody's honest with it, you know. Just listen. It's it's getting better. Things are moving, and uh, I think we're going to look for brighter times ahead. And and not too far away. I feel you know. No, it's not far away at all. No, things things are getting better. Yeah, well, everybody's being vaccinated. On this side of the world, vaccinations, I think we've got 110 million people vaccinated already. Well, that's brilliant. I think it's more, you know, Lenny. I think you might have more. That's what I checked last time. I mean, for all I know, it could I be... Think I think it's closer to 200 million, you know. Yeah, but I don't probably. know. The way he's rolling, he's rolling out like it's... Come get your free shot. Hurry up. You know, it's like, come line up. <laughs> Good Lord almighty. But, you know... um, can you tell us, I mean, you had Paul Trouble Anderson, may he rest Oh, him. bless Paul, yeah, yeah. I know you're very good with him. He's played many times for you. Is there any great memories, like, with certain DJs that really stick out that you remember from some of the events? Oh, man, Paul, especially in Croatia. He, he always had, like, his Huggy Bear suits on. You remember Huggy Bear, you know? Yeah. And his big hats and just that massive smile, man, and the love he generated. And he's dancing as well behind the decks. And great dancer. He's just great musical child. Do you know what? It's hard to single out anybody because we've got so many good friends in this business, you know? Louis, Kenny, you, you know, Roger, to, to everybody, Kerry, you know, and all the English guys. lost the you know? Poor Phil, you know? That was dreadful, you know? Another legend in the English scene, you know? It's really sad. Really sad. 
It's, you know, but uh, it's hard to single out anything, really, because it's just one big blur over 40 years. <laughs> I know. And dancing styles have changed over 40 years. Close. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you still do the same. Do you still do the same dance? I still nod my head. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I always have to say to everybody: you always have the best sense of humor. No, no matter what's know. going on, no matter how stressed it is, and I've been around you, you seem to always keep your level head on. And you laugh at everybody. And that's the key about being a great promoter is being able to not show. It's called alcohol, Lenny. (laughs) I don't want to say that. I'm trying to give you some credit without the alcohol. But as level-headed as he is, he's still keeping the party going and the place could be burning down. But no worries. He's all good. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a good time in Croatia once, where I think. We had tornadoes one afternoon and a bushfire right next to the site. What? We had bushfires on the site. There was planes flying over the stage, dropping water bombs, and every time people were cheering. Oh, yeah. We had tornadoes, and then he sent a shot the ship. It's like, oh, we've, had some, we've had some good ones, yeah. See what I'm saying? How Did anybody realize it was a tornado, or you would just, don't shut the music, just keep going? Yeah, because it couldn't land for seven hours. The poor people went on a three-hour boat trip, and they couldn't get it until seven hours later. Oh dear, they were very good spirited, the poor, poor people, you know. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. The oh. I, I think most people I know would have been flipping out, going nuts. Like, oh, I do. Don't worry, I flip out. Don't worry, I, I do it behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, not to worry. God bless you. You know, you still have a place to find the laugh doing this all with everybody we've lost. And everybody, oh, you know, there's oh. going to be a lot of new talent coming up, too. I mean, that's nothing. Who's queuing you up? You know, because you're busy enough trying to just keep your mind on what's going on. Is, is other people coming to you saying, please book me? Yeah, that's a question. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one at the moment because we've got that many gigs that we've had to postpone, you know. For the time being, at least, it's just fitting in who we are, you know, because we just got to get the gigs on, then. That's number one priority, really. But, you know, we'll always look for talent. and We'll always look for new talent. We'll always embrace the past. We'll always look at the current. We'll always look at the future, you know. It's important. For a new DJ coming up, is it most important about their musical style or their following for you? You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, musical style, totally. I, I never, ever, ever say to a DJ, who are you going to bring or how many people are you going to bring? Or, that, that's just wrong, you know? That, that, that's, that's a big well, deal. A lot of promoters do that now. They expect you to bring, you know, a lot of these younger, you know, let's say 19 to 26-year-old promoters that are in new scene. They're like looking more on bodies than they are on musical selection. No, I think if you get your musical selection right, the, the, the customers will come anyway, you know? Um, I mean, you know, it's it's just it's just wrong just to book somebody because he can bring twenty people. You know, it's not it's not it's not the way it's done, is it? It's it's, bit, it's, it's immoral to me that you know. I think it's about it's about it's about a musical mix. It's like we keep saying we do this big old thing and mix it up, you know. And that's what that's what it's about. But the anniversary that you're talking about, what what do you have planned? Like, like what's some of the surprises? Well, not even surprises, but what are you thinking about? 
to offer this, you know, on that anniversary. Well, what do you mean? The, the restart, you mean? Of the yeah, or the anniversary or the birth of the second time. Rebirth, yeah, that'd be a nice way to put it. The rebirth, yes. Yeah, that rebirth, let's call it. Right, look, we've got Kerry Channel, Louis Vega, Roger Sanchez, Kenny Dorp, oh, Joy Negro, sorry, Dave Lee, uh, Dimitri, Moody Man, Giles Peterson, Terry Under, Glenn Underground, Spinner, and uh, then you got, you know, it's all dynamics, Adar Bahars, Rich Medina's, at Jazz. Uh, you know, then you got like people like uh, the New York Jazz Explosion, as we used to call it, Norman Connors, Ronnie Laws, Rashawn Patterson, Josh Milan Live, Am Fiddler, House Gospel Choir, you know, uh, Julie Matt Knight has a good old Julie. And that's just for the weekend there. And then uh, we've got Sunsea Beat coming up as well. And um, well, we've got people like Black Coffee there. A lot, lot of uh, Lazar Hoss, um, Natasha Vince, Lakuki, uh, Kenny Job, David Harness. You know, we've got lots and lots of stuff on the go next, next few events. My God, you got a huge those and those events were events that were already plotted and planned before. That's right. You know, session victim was age. You know, just to show we're looking at different things. We got Salah Nance with Croatia from Atlanta. You know, so you'll know. Um, well, it likes a geology. Uh, that's well, you know, we'll be, like I say, mix it up and uh, try to give a real musical mix. That's what we try 